turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Pat Vitucci program guests and Craig Roberts are not affiliated with Proxy Freedom LLC or United Planners Financial Services unless otherwise noted on the show. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Proxy Freedom is not liable for any third-party content. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Advisory services offered through Proxy Freedom LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Proxy Freedom, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, Pat Fatucci, with over 30 years experience in the world of finance and investment planning, with special emphasis on retirement planning. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. My special guest today is Joel Everett. Joel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Pat. Thank you for having me on the show again. So, Joel, deal with a lot of statistical stuff, look at numbers a lot, but we've got to be very careful not to ignore the emotion, the behavior, kind of the human element of investing. You are a sensei in martial arts, clearly specializing in behavior, controlling emotions. What's the corollary action when you go to your studio and you are focusing on the things you do best? What's the corollary to the financial planning world that a lot of people seem to miss in this roller coaster ride we've been on for the last frankly, many, many years. People don't really talk about, you know, they talk about performance. They're talking, like you said, the numbers and what stock is up or down and speculation, all that kind of thing. But they don't talk about the behaviors associated with investing. And as a martial arts sensei, the number one thing that I teach my students is, is how to manage their state, how to manage their emotions. Because if you lose your emotions in a self-defense situation, some bad things can happen. Really, I teach people how to protect themselves from themselves. As financial planning consultants, I don't see any difference. The, the correlation is, is is that with the market, you see how emotional people get. And it's understandable, people's life savings, their retirement, so on and so forth. And so it is an emotional subject. But sometimes, you know, as financial planners, we have to protect them from themselves. You saw the people in February and March that jumped out of the market. Had they stayed in the market, there was a lot of recovery and potential gain at this point that was missed out of. So by reacting emotionally and not being guided professionally, it's my opinion that some people made a bad choice. So don't ignore that little tiny voice inside you that says, be reasonable, be calm, kind of reflect cautiously, the loud voice says, sell, 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 or buy, buy, buy. And that little quiet voice in the back of your mind is saying, you know, be reflective, be reasonable, and be calm. And we've got to listen to both those voices, don't we? Absolutely. And it's interesting in the market, 
It's the one place where people do the opposite of what you would do normally. You know, when there's a sale, you go and buy. And when you know that there's no sale, normally you don't buy. But in the market, people see that the market's on sale because it's down and they're selling low and then the market goes back up. So they think it's a good time to buy. And so they buy a high. And because of this listening to the wrong voice, they're listening to that loud voice they're buying at the wrong time. And that's where we as professionals really need to be leveraged for our clients. And people can lean on us to be that voice of reason, be that voice of calm, so they don't listen to the wrong voice. Two emotions that we struggle with, fear and greed. We're always a little fearful, and yet we're a little greedy. And we're kind of like little children. They're afraid of their shadow. And mine, 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 gimme, 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 more, more, more. We never really outgrow that. It just manifests itself a little bit more adult-like perhaps, but when you distill it down and interpret it, fear and greed still are continuing emotions that we don't do well when we look at the investing world. We tend, exactly what you said, we tend to get out at the wrong time and get in at the wrong time. Trying to time the market is a fool's game and controlling those emotions is tantamount to any other discipline you could ever think about. Absolutely. Those types of behaviors are, are linked with fear and the greed, and that's all associated with short-term vantage point. You're only thinking about the short-term. You're not sticking to a long-term plan, understanding that this is a roller coaster. And if I go to Magic Mountain and I get on the roller coaster, I can't just get off when it gets scary. I have to ride it to the end. And that's the plan is to ride it to the end. And and with people's financial plan, they have to trust their advisor. They have to trust their plan and stick to the plan and understand that it might be scary now, but what is it going to look like six months from now, a year from now? I mean, if we just even look at in the last hundred years, the market on average goes down 13 to 14% every year. One out of every five years, the market goes down 30%. So it, again, the people that reacted have been hurt by that instead of knowing that, okay, this is now, but my financial plan is planned for the next 10, 20, 30 years. So I'm going to stick to that regardless of this volatility and everyone reacting emotionally right now. So if I went to your martial arts studio and I would attempt to engage in physical action with you, my emotions would probably run way out of control. It's like if you're walking down a dark alley two or three people are coming at you with not a very friendly face. It's either a fight or a flight reaction. My emotions are going to be all over the place and probably not in control. And so how you behave when somebody's coming at you to fight you or hurt you, it's kind of like in the stock market. If you are a, a trader of some sort and you react to that fear or you want to react emotionally, we're not conditioned to be in that scenario, just like we're not conditioned when the market drops precipitously or goes up a lot. We react poorly and all the statistics show the average investor does not do well on Wall Street because of that kind of fight or flight, that fear, greed reaction. I agree. And in the martial art uh, <clears throat> scenario, the first thing that goes in that fear, anger scenario, that fight or flight is awareness. You get this tunnel vision and people get that in investing. They All they can see is the numbers dropping on out of their account on the screen. They don't realize that markets take dips, goes down, it'll go back up. They're just in that moment reacting versus having a educated response to the situation. 
volatility is the attacker of to your portfolio and you have to not get that tunnel vision on what that attacker is doing in the moment. You have to see that if you write it out, you'll be okay. Trust your training. So I think in summary, if you're kind of a casual investor and you get a quote, a hot stock tip, which by the way, 99% of the time turns ice cold soon after you buy, you can't be too cavalier about the profession of investing. It takes a lot of training. You touched on education. I think that's a key word. Being educated and trained and experienced, those are the ingredients to drive through some of this crazy volatility. Not too unlike in your martial arts studio. I can't just walk in, put it on one of the good-looking geese, whether it's a white or black one, and pretend I'm a black belt <laughs> and get in on the floor with you as a sensei. I'm not going to do well. By the way, that's why I've not gone to your martial arts studio. <laughs> I don't want to embarrass myself. First of all, I don't look good in one of those geese either. But in any event, appreciate your strengths, appreciate your weaknesses, But clearly, if you are a novice to the investing world and you're not reading financial statements and doing a lot of studying and educating yourself, it's like getting into your studio and just making an ass out of myself. We'll get you a nice kimono. So instead of the gi. One of those those colorful ones. (laughs) So I can intimidate you with how pretty I look in one of those flower things. In a sense, we are financial senseis and uh, and we're here to be utilized and use us to help protect, again, uh, the average person from themselves in that emotional response to the market, feel free to reach out to us. This is what we're here for. Uh, we'd be happy to consult with you and, and see where you know we can help give you black belt strategies and advice so we can go home safe, if you will, at the end of the day. And that's the ultimate goal of martial arts is to go home safe. And again, just to qualify, don't know where the markets are going clearly but are studying some of the underpinnings, some of the leading and lagging indicators that merely suggest they intimate where the markets are going and not to at all know exactly, but keeping that discipline, keeping that control. Call one AAA plan wise, one AAA plan wise. Joel Everett, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. Well, as we can see, the end of the year, kind of within our sights, certainly the holidays are still before us, but before you know it, we'll be ringing out the old and welcoming in the new. But before all that happens, let's take a look at some end-of-year financial planning items to get your financial life in order. Our host, of course, Pat Fitucci. And Pat, you know, we've got this long list that we head into the holidays with, the shopping that we have to do if we're traveling, buying the airplane tickets, renting the car, if we're going to have family coming over for the holidays. There's all kinds of preparations and plans that need to be made. And unfortunately, in the midst of all of the fun and frivolity related to the holidays, our financial life ends up taking sometimes quite a big hit, doesn't it? Yeah, it's that time of year when we start gearing up for all the social stuff that we do. It's kind of the fun time of year. Some stresses, certainly, that we put ourselves under. Here's a homework assignment that nobody wants to think about. But before all that euphoria starts, maybe we need to do some financial planning year-end stuff so we're not sitting here December 29th and just wishing we had a one-day settlement and not a three-day settlement. So let's talk about some of these issues. It really would take probably an hour or so, 
Greg, of someone's time to sit quietly and plan their year-end activity so that they capitalize on some of these things that we'll touch on. Let's start with the first one. Do you have any tax losses either this year or loss carry forwards from last year? People say, well, I'll look at my tax return. Well, the loss carry forwards are not noted on your tax return. You really have to call your guy or gal because they keep that in a separate note in the file. So you're not going to see a tax loss carry forward column. You will potentially look at a tax loss for the year. This has not been a great year for all market sectors. So maybe some losses you want to record. Certainly there's only a $3,000 maximum, but if you've got $20,000 loss carry forward and you get a $20,000 loss or a $20,000 gain this year, those completely negate each other and offset. So it's called tax harvesting. Let's harvest those issues on your balance sheet from prior tax years and or potential losses for this year. Now, you won't know about real losses until the year ends, but you move into the end of the year, the last month of the year, you pretty much guesstimate unless there's a wild swing the last couple weeks of the year. You're probably going to have a loss on that one item you thought was a great idea, and it turns out not. So tax harvesting is a critical issue. Once the year starts, the new year starts, it's too late. You cannot go back and say, oh, I want to take a loss on that or I want to offset the game with a loss. So real important to get that done. And don't wait until after Christmas because there's not enough sessions on the market and there's a three-day settlement. So you're really pushing it if you think you're off the week between Christmas and New Year's and you'll get it done that week. A vacation usage is high and the ability to get something done in any brokerage office or whatever you're doing is difficult and it gets very stressful. Please let me emphasize that tax professionals are not a part of Vitucci & Associates staff, but we refer to professionals versed in those disciplines. Number two, let's reassess your investment plan. What did you do a year ago from an investment planning point of view that needs recalibration? What's gone on in the last year? Maybe you've lost a, a parent. Maybe you've gained a granddaughter or two or a grandson. Maybe you've been downsized out of a job. Maybe your wife decided to retire. Maybe you decided to sell the big house and go to the retirement village in the next town over. All those issues potentially need study and assessment to determine how does it affect your tax return come April 15th. You're going to want to sit down with your accountant and it would be a good idea to sit down with your financial advisor and or your accountant to do some planning so you've got all the documentation ready and available. You're not regretting doing something on January 3rd that you should have, should have done something in November or December. Also, your asset allocation mix. Where are you at? What does it mean for your specific tax bracket? Will it be increased? Will it be decreased? Probably not decrease, but how much will be increased? That's the real real question. And what's the tax prudence, the tax issues related to the design of your portfolio? Is it tax inefficient or is it tax efficient? So we want to really drill down. And if you're struggling with a lot of these questions, maybe it's time to come in and really get an in-depth look at some of the opportunities that are available today that may not be available after the new year starts. How about retirement planning? How does that look after the past year? Did you make some inroads? Did you reallocate? Did you invest and forget? 401k, your 403b, your TSP, if you're a post office employee, 457, your SEPs, the IRAs, solo case, any of that pre-tax stuff, once the year ends, you cannot go back and retroactively deposit. So it's important you 
bone up on this, even if you don't take a check for the last month of the year. And you should put my entire check towards my 401k. And that's my way of catching up. Take some of your savings and, and live on that for the last month. That will decrease your taxable income. You may even get a refund in April, given the fact that you over you were overtaxed given your new lower tax bracket. If you are a business owner and you've got a solo K, yes, you have until April 15th to make that deposit. Or if you file extensions, you have until October. But if you've got cash sitting in a CD or savings account or Series E bonds, cash those puppies in and contribute now before the new year starts. It's always a good idea to get that money in, especially if the your savings are not producing viable returns. Are you eligible? Does it make sense for you to convert to a Roth? I got to tell you, about 98% of the time, the answer is no, you could be the exception. So again, kind of figure out if you're a good candidate to buy Roth or convert some of your IRA, 401k monies to Roths. Here's the big one, charitable donations. How charitable do you feel? Does it make sense in your heart to do it? And does it make sense in your financial plan to contribute to the charity that makes the most impression on you? It makes you feel good. It's the right thing to do. There are some tax considerations that make absolute sense. I'd rather give it to a charity of my choice than finance the government's latest ideas of how to spend our money. Again, end of your tax planning, financial planning, get your finances in order to take advantage of the last weeks of the year. Do the right thing for you and your family because once the year is over, sorry, folks, it's not something that can do. Also, let's not forget about estate planning. Does your estate plan still represent your wishes? Does your life insurance policies have the right beneficiaries? Is it an ex-wife or is it a deceased person that's your beneficiaries? Review your estate plans, review your financial plans, look at your insurance policies. Let me make this crystal clear. We are not attorneys. We are not equipped to give legal advice. I would highly encourage you to hire a licensed attorney that specializes in estate planning issues. If you need a referral for a qualified estate planning attorney, we will give you recommendations. Calculate your net worth. Did you make some progress in the last year or are you flat or did you lose money? So kind of do all this introspection stuff and you'll be well on the way to understanding where you want to start. It's nice to know where you've been, nice to know where you're going. Are you making progress towards that ultimate goal, whether it's retirement, whether it's adding a wink to your house, whether it's buying the house in Hawaii or whether it's going on that trip to Europe? Did you make progress on any of those issues? The old adage, if you don't write it down, it doesn't get done. You write it down, you look at it, you make yourself accountable, and you don't have to drive yourself crazy over it, but you really need to, in my view, make it happen. And then reward yourself. Take you and your spouse or your family out for dinner, go away for a weekend, get a nice bottle of wine, whatever your celebratory inclinations are. Pat yourself on the back. Stop being so hard on yourself. It's a good time to commiserate with your family and have a meeting with your family or meeting with your spouse and say, okay, here's where we are. We started the year off. Here's where we're going to end up the year. Probably reflect on that. If you need some help on that reflection, be happy to meet with you. Probably no matter what your age, when you think about retirement, you've got dreams of laying on sun-kissed, sand-drenched beaches, perhaps uh, getting a chance to travel and know the world, or just hanging out and enjoying your hobbies. Well, if that's the case, then maybe time for a bit of a reality check. 
maybe some mistakes you're making today that in fact could have a detrimental impact on the quality of your retirement tomorrow. A look now at seven reasons why you might just retire poor with our host, Pat Vitucci. And Pat, I know every once in a while, after having reviewed their financial circumstances, to let them know that maybe retirement is not going to happen as soon as they thought, or perhaps certainly not going to be as comfortable as they had hoped. Yeah, it's not a fun job when you have to sit with that person or that couple. But amazingly, many people, you know, we're hardest on ourselves and they come in and we go through all the arithmetic and we find out, wow, they're in great shape. They can actually retire, call their boss and say, hey, boss, sorry, I'm not coming in anymore. I'm retired. That's the case in many, many of the situations we sit down with. But you're right. Once in a while, we sit with folks and say, look, you don't want to eat ramen noodles in your golden years every day even if you love ramen noodles. You know, we all want to keep up with the Joneses and pretending to be rich can be fun and dream about retiring rich can be fun also. But there's a reality check. Understanding your numbers, understanding the arithmetic of what your cash pile is going to produce in terms of cash flow, that's where the rubber meets the road. So living within your means, Craig, is not glamorous, but it is smart. And being smart is what will make you a wealthy retiree. So again, understanding and living within your lifestyle is not something a lot of folks are enjoying. Looking at your budget and drilling down at every line item and determining what is really essential as you move into those retirement years becomes a very grueling exercise. And if you're a couple, there's some arguments. Wait a minute, I've got to get my hair done and I've got to get my nails done. And oh, by the way, the the fellow says, I've I've got my gym membership that I'm not giving up and my expensive bike needs tuning up on an occasional basis. So all those fun things that heretofore you really didn't have to look at, suddenly when you look at the most stressful day of your life, retirement day, and understanding you'll never ever get that weekly deposit again in your checkbook makes for a very anxious time. How about saving enough money? The golden rule is if you can save 10 to 15% throughout your lifetime, you're going to be in wonderful shape. That doesn't mean every month, every year, but it does mean on a fairly consistent basis, understanding how much to save throughout your lifetime is essential. If you do the basic arithmetic, saving 10 or 15% over 30 years can dramatically give you a wonderful opportunity to retire on your terms, whether you're 50 or whether you're 60 or whatever age you think is ideal retirement day, you want to have choices as you get up in age. And not having choices means you now have to drag yourself to work for for five or 10 more years because you put your head in the sand and said, oh, life is going to be okay. I've got a hundred grand in the bank and I'm going to be in great shape. Well, the golden rule of being very modest in the expectations of performance and plugging in your cash pile number and then spreading that arithmetic out over a monthly and annual basis you begin to understand, wow, maybe I need to get a little bit more productive in in the amount I'm saving. How about the priorities of where you're saving? Again, should you be in taxable, tax-free, tax-deferred? Should you absolutely max out that plan at work, the 401k, the 403b, the 457? Every dollar you don't expose to the tax man, that's money in your account compounded over a long, long period of time without taxes being leaked out on a regular basis, the compounding effect has dramatic impact on on the amount of money you're going to have at the end. Where are you saving this money? Are you at the bank? 
if you're a young person, the younger you are, you the bigger exposure you want to equity markets, to the stock market, not necessarily to bonds. So these are the lesser productive, more conservative areas. Yes, as you get older, you'll migrate towards those accounts. But in your productive years, younger years, you want to put a lot of money in the stock market. As long as you can have the intestinal fortitude to live through the down markets. In fact, when markets are down, you want to accelerate the savings. The share price is on sale. So again, this is where a comprehensive financial plan can help you decide how much risk should I take, where I should put the money, what sectors of the economy will be more productive for me personally, given my timetable, given my appetite for risk. And that's where a unique portfolio design is established for each client's. How about on the debt side of the ledger? What does your financing look like? Do you you rent furniture? Do you rent cars? Do you have a payment for your boat? Do you have a payment for your RV? All those finance charges you're spending is a dollar not investing and growing for you. So financing your accounts needs careful scrutiny. Yes, mortgage debt is probably the only smart debt. Generally speaking, your home appreciates, not always but it generally appreciates. And in most cases, financing charges are tax deductible. Again, you seek a tax advisor to determine if it fits you. But in most cases, it is smart debt. It is an appreciating asset with tax deductibility. Please let me emphasize that tax professionals are not a part of Vitucin Associates staff, but we refer to professionals versed in those disciplines. What about your credit score? Are you monitoring your credit score? Are you keeping it as clean as you can? So if you do need to buy a car or finance your child's education, your credit score is going to absolutely dictate the interest that you are being charged. So neglecting to maintain your your credit score, making timely payments is a major mistake that can lead to very difficult retirement years. So guard your credit score like you guard your character, like you guard your personality, you guard your integrity. This is your financial integrity. You take that with you every place you go. And in a nanosecond, people understand what your credit score is. That will dictate how attractive of a buyer you are. Lastly, don't be a chicken when it comes to investments. Take some risks in your younger years is my encouragement. I can't tell you how many 30-year-olds Tell me, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about the stock market. Get over it. When you've got 30 plus years to invest, historically, stock market's going to treat you well. I'm not sitting here guaranteeing anything tomorrow. But in the long run, the law of averages say you're going to do just fine. Frankly, the more volatility of your lifetime, the better it is for you. When markets go down a lot because of some emotional reason and not because it's a bear market, you may want to consider dollar cost averaging more into that market. Certainly diversification is key, but let's take some risks in our younger years so in our later years we can take less risk, hopefully reap the rewards of taking that risk. Yes, risk is a four-letter word, but it is essential in my view throughout your lifetime to take some level of risk. Even our retirees are taking some prudent and pragmatic level of risk because even in retirement, most retirees are going to live 20 or 30 years or longer And so failure to keep up with the madness 
will understandably cause you to start eating your principle too early in your life, and that creates stress. So sit to some of the things that we talk about with our clients and prospects when they first come in for a consultation. What do you want to do when you retire? What's your legacy? What are your, what are your return plans? Do you want to watch soap operas all day long, or do you want to travel the world? Very different income needs based on your vision of retirement. You mentioned you want to stick your feet in a warm ocean water with some nice warm sand. There's expenses to getting to those nice warm places. So how does your current budget work out to factor those issues in? So whether you're five years, 10 years, or 30 years away from retirement, as Pat suggests, the decisions you make today can have either a positive or detrimental impact on the quality of your retirement life. Want to go a bit deeper? Maybe take advantage of that financial health and retirement plan review that Pat referred to a moment ago. Available in any of the Bay Area offices, and of course, there's never any cost or obligation. Simply go to the web, don'tinvestandforget.com, and you can schedule your appointment easily online. Again, that's don'tinvestandforget.com, or if you prefer, you can call toll-free 888-PLANWISE. That's 888-PLANWISE. And if you'd like to further your understanding and education when it comes to sound money management and retirement planning, don't forget when you visit don'tinvestandforget.com, be sure to check out the Investor Education tab. There you'll find an entire library of articles and topics that range from tax efficiency of your investments to retirement lifestyles. And you can even sign up to have educational articles delivered right into your email inbox every single week. Go to the Investor Education tab at don'tinvestandforget.com. been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with Pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of the Bay Area offices of Proxy Freedom near you, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Or call 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or visit don'tinvestandforget.com. Pat Petucci program guests and Craig Roberts are not affiliated with Proxy Freedom LLC or United Planners Financial Services unless otherwise noted on the show. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Proxy Freedom is not liable for any third-party content. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Advisory services offered through Proxy Freedom LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Proxy Freedom, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated.